Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, folks. I hope you're having a phenomenal Monday morning. You know, it has been gray and dreary here in the panhandle for the last few days. It it reminds me of Christmas. Sadly, Christmas is over, and it was sunshiny and 70 degrees then. Uh, but I tell you, I did have fun this weekend. I am getting ready to go to Ohio this week. I am going to have a, a, a wonderful time. I've been doing a, a, a investigative report into creative and, and sometimes controversial organizations. It's Team Life which was it's founded by Orrin Woodward and Chris Brady. And as I read things across the Internet, as I saw great, great reviews from people that I respect, I, and then I'd see this crazy stuff that would people write. I, I finally, Orrin and I got together, and I said, you know, I would love to spend some time with you and your team and invest the energy to, to see what you guys do. And, and he has been so... Uh, open to that. I'm going to fly up to Ohio this weekend and be at their majors, uh, meet him and Chris Brady, their lovely brides, and some of their team. And, you know, i got to tell you, it's, it's, it was pretty wild when Orrin said, hey, why don't, why don't you come up there? And I said, I'd love to. I'll just make it a trip. This was the cool part about it. It is also going to be a time when my son and his wife and my grandson are in Ohio visiting her parents, and celebrating Dylan's first birthday. So I get to sneak away this weekend also and make this some family time. And uh, you guys know Dalton and I have, have literally been business partners since he was about 12 years old. Of, of all my three boys, he's the one that stuck in there and said, I, I want to do business with you. And it's always been his way. I mean, he's done landscaping. We've run some charities, and we do a blog network together now. And I have so much fun. And when he moved to New Jersey... Uh, left a void for me, and uh, it's fun. You know, JT had moved home, and we're hanging out a lot, and Josh is home, and we're hanging out a lot, but but Dalton was the one that buckled under and, and just has that unique personality uh, that's a lot like his dad's. And so we're going to go up and have some fun, going to meet with Orrin, but we're in the first chapter. I, I started reading this book last week when I was in, uh, or the week before last, when I was in uh, Arizona, visiting with some clients, and, and I was I was really blown away, and I'll tell you why. It's not so much anything that Orrin is writing particularly. I mean, this is some great stuff. But what really blew me away is Orrin has a, a what I call a hobby. Others may call it a passion, but he loves American history. And he loves digging in and, and reading about leaders of all types. And this book is inundated with forefathers, with some current leaders he he wove the stories into each chapter in a way that that really draws you out into the context of each chapter and that's what really got me excited and then I started underlining as I went through here and found some remarkable stuff and and I have not I have not followed everything that Orrin Woodward or Chris Brady's ever done I have been blessed to read every one of their books but I but I've not been, you know, really following them at their Amway days, at their Monavie days. Now they've launched their own company life. But I tell you, the more I dig into this, the more I'm able to to take nuggets of information and apply it to my own life. And and that's what's important to me. If I can take a book and take nuggets from it and help other people and apply it to my life, then I think I've done 
what I'm supposed to be doing. This first chapter, resolved. I resolved to discover my God-given purpose. I know that when my potential, passions, and profit intersect, my purpose is revealed. I wrote that down on my 3x5 card, stuck it in my, my little box, because I'd never heard that written like that. See, there's many times in my life when I have struggled with my calling. I've struggled with that passion, not because I don't know what it is, but because I, I had a, a limiting belief that I think came from some of the missionaries that I saw growing up. And, and, it, and, and it was one of these beliefs that said, well, if you're doing your purpose and if you're doing your passion, then, then that's your calling and, and you shouldn't make money. And it's been tough for me as an advocate in network marketing and, and somebody now that, that Wall Street calls on with questions, I had to realize i got to charge money for that. And reading Orrin's book where he wrote this, I know that when my potential passions and profits intersect, my purpose is revealed. It was an eye-opening deal for me. It may not be for you. But he shares a story here about Viktor Frankl, a Nazi death camp survivor, and what he learned. And see, the importance of having a purpose for life was revealed to him when he was struggling to survive just the brutal treatment. Here, th This is amazing. Now, I want you to understand this. This may not work for everybody, but listen to what he says. He says, many so-called mental and emotional illnesses are really symptoms of an underlying sense of meaningless or emptiness. They call it logotherapy. And it eliminates the emptiness by helping the individual to detect his unique meaning, his mission in life. When he was going through his brutal beatings and stuff, he was able to create this theory. And he, and he I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to be able to have to prove my own theory in a Nazi concentration camp, I don't think. But he says the purpose is what gives us life. It's our meaning. And you know, one thing that I've been that studying, all the books that I study and using them on this radio show, there is a common thread. Without knowing your purpose, you go through life not just in a mediocre state, but in, in, in kind of a contempt state of mind. Everything is always negative. The glass is always empty. And that's not to say that every critic out there is meaningless. I'm saying that this is what happens to people, and you see this when you see what happens to folks, because they just sit around and they don't feel like they accomplish anything. It was funny as I was looking at this chapter, because a very, very good friend of mine, Mia Davies, sent out a, a blog post this weekend. And those of us that are close to her know her history. And here's this young, beautiful... Uh, millennial girl, I mean beautiful, with a with a passion and a spirit of independence that when you look at her you think, man, she sure must have been raised right. And this weekend she revealed the fact that after her, her dad, who was a very prominent doctor in California, had been in a car wreck and became a plagiaplegic, I think I said that right, that his meaning in life was gone. He he loved serving people so much with his hands and his brain that he felt useless. And within two years, 
at the age of five, he committed suicide and took his own life. And that was when Mia decided at such a young age that she never wanted to be so hopeless in life that she'd take her own life. And she, they lived in poverty the last couple of years. I mean, it was it was a, it, it, when you hear her talk and you watch her cry, you realize how strong she is is because of what the pain she went through. And I believe that's what we just learned in credibility. Credible leaders are not even seen until they have to go through that, that sharpening process, and that's what Frankel had to go through. See, a purpose, Orrin writes this, a purposeless life is similar to a rimless basketball game. One can hurriedly dribble up and down the court. However, nothing of any consequence seems to get accomplished. And I think that's, that's what we do. We run in circles. We, we run back and forth, up and down. We, we're busy, 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 busy. But are we accomplishing anything? The month of January has been phenomenal for me. I'm on the road constantly. I'm not serving myself. Yes, I make money. I, I get to pay the bills, and Mama's happy, and the kids are happy. But the satisfaction comes whenever I am out there helping clients, and I see their vision, and I see what they're doing. See, I, I know my purpose. Just before I came on this phone call, I had a good friend of mine from Central Florida call and say, Hey, can you call me after the show? I, got, I want to roll something past you. CEO of the company, because I want to help. I want to be there for them. See, when we are brought into this world, I'm a firm believer that there's a spark, a little ember that starts to burn in our heart of something that we're supposed to do on this earth. I don't care if you believe the way I believe in a, in a, in a faith and a spiritual standpoint. You may not even you may you may want me to change the chapter heading to say resolve. I resolve to discover my purpose and leave out the God given. I don't care where you stand spiritually right this second. I don't care if you like Orrin Woodward or you or you don't. I don't care if you like me or you don't. I don't care if you like the shirts that I wear. I had somebody send me an email. Thought they looked weird. Here's what I care about. Are you truly living your purpose? See, that's the first stages of every leader. And if you don't know your purpose, it's probably because you haven't discovered your potential, your passions, or where you can make your most profits. Now you may have some of that in order already. Some of that may already be there, but you may not have. You may not know how to get it to intersect. And and something that Orrin has done. Now writers and leaders do this all the time. But he draws these circles, and we're going to talk about them in a second. But before we do, I want you to understand something. You cannot arrive at your life's purpose if you're just focused on yourself. See, too many times we come out of school, we come out of sports, we, we come out of a fraternity or sorority, and it's all about me, 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 me. The Bible, great, great philosophers warn against vanity. But it's always about me, me, me. Ego, edging God out. Three little words, three big meanings. Edging God out. 
I have seen great leaders with great purpose go sideways because of their egos. God will still get his plan done. He just may do it with somebody else. I had an uncle passed away a couple years ago. In my mind, mo- most 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 mothers wouldn't want their son to have an uncle like mine. But I got to know him pretty good. Got to know him closer than a lot of the family members did. My dad knew him pretty well. But I got to to really know some of his psyche. When he was young and and doing things that you only usually see on TV, go watch the movie Casino, that'd be a good example. He ended up drunk one night and at a very high rate of speed decided to make a 90 degree turn and it didn't work, flipped the car up the hill towards the hospital. Luckily the hospital sat on the hill. But the gentleman in the back seat was killed during that that time. Of all the people that my uncle killed in his lifetime, that was the only one that shouldn't have happened in his mind. Now understand this. He, none of the other people that he killed were what we'd call good people anyway. They were bad people. But this person was just drunk, wrong place, wrong time. When my Uncle George got his life together with God, God called him to preach. felt on his heart that he needed to get out there and help people by preaching. But inside of him, he couldn't give up the fact that he had killed an innocent man. So he never fulfilled his life's purpose. And you may say, Troy, what that got to do with what Orrin Woodward's writing? Because Orrin writes, when your potential and your passions and your profits intersect, your purpose is revealed. But what Orrin doesn't share in here is that you may see your potential... You may know your passions. You may know exactly what it is that you're going to do and how you're going to be profitable from it. But yet at the end of the day, you've got free will. You've got a freedom of choice. And you may decide, just like my uncle, to say, No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to follow my purpose because I'm not worthy. And you get this. This, this is a reverse of what we would see in most narcissistic people. Most narcissistic people talk about how great they are. But do you realize it's just as bad and you're just as vain to go through life saying, no, I'm going to smack myself on the back with these little cat of nine tails because I'm a bad person. See, that's, when, I, when I read this, I thought, man, that's something that we've got to let people know. See, part of your character, part of your makeup is the fact that you've got to grow strong enough to say, I've got to get rid of this crap. This limiting belief that's holding me back, is, is, it's got to go or I'm not going to fulfill my purpose. See, if you, if you take right now on a piece of paper and you write a circle, 
What are you deeply passionate about? Just write that in that circle. And then you you take another circle down towards the right and you intersect it with the top circle and you write, what drives my economic engine? You take a third circle and you cross it into the first two circles and it intersects. And you write, what can you be the best at in the world? That sweet spot right in the middle, actually, it's it's humorous because the way Orrin writes it, it's three circles. The way I have it, it's called the Trinity Knot. I'm Celtic, got that little background there. But that inner circle, that sweet spot in the middle, that's your purpose. All of a sudden, you know what you're supposed to do. Your passion, your potential, and your profits intersect. Sadly, though, people don't get that. And Orrin grabbed this from the hedgehog principle. It came from Jim Collins, another great friend and, and, and leader. He's a catalyst leader, comes up about every, every year and trains. And I just love listening to him in the green room. But see, you've got to get this right because it works for you on a personal level and it works at a business level. See, passion is the first attribute of the purpose. My Uncle George knew his passion. Once he accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior, he knew he had to make a change. And he did. He went to his employers and he said, you know, I've been working for you for a long time as an independent contractor. It's time I I lay down my guns and here's why. And it was kind of interesting when he did this because most of the time that doesn't happen. You don't get to do that. Not not with what he did for a living. And they said that's okay, but you got to move out of town, man, cuz it'll look bad. Now at that time the the people that he worked with were going through their own turmoils and having kind of a corporate change of hierarchy and stuff like that. Federal government I think had something to do with that. So he moved to southern Missouri. Had a great career. Ended up moving to central Missouri. Following his career, got advancements, but he never lived out his purpose. He was good at what he did. But he never lived out his purpose. So when he died, he had been so many years estranged from his family that his oldest son didn't even show up for the funeral. It's a tough call. So I believe when you don't live in your purpose, all of your life gets screwed up. So you got to find that passion. See, all great achievements, here's how Orrin writes this, all great achievements must be maintained through passion. Otherwise, the criticism, setbacks, and pressures will eventually wear achievers down. That's a true statement. See, if you've got something that just burns in your heart and year after year after year it's still there, that's probably the passion. So second comes the potential. You've got to discover what are your unique gifts and skills. What is it that God's created you for? I am a freak of nature. There's a lot of you I heard applauding. See, when I grew up, there was no technology But I grew up using my hands, whether it was on my car 
whether it was tearing apart a radio, whether it was fixing something, or even making bombs. I mean, I knew. But then around my sophomore year in school, I knew that part of my passion was doing this, that I ended up going to Votech and going into the electronics class. Started my first company repairing TVs and radios. It was awesome. But yet my true calling and my true passion is not using my hands. Those are my hobbies. I can turn a piece of wood and make it into a beautiful wooden pen. I can create gifts. It's fun. It's it's my hobby. I got it from my dad. He's He's the same way. You ought to see the jewelry that he's made. But my real passion is helping take a person inside themselves, especially this next generation of leaders, and helping them grow their potential. So I know what my gifts are. I know what my skills are. I also know which ones of those gifts and skills intersect with my passion, which takes us to that third area. It's where my profits are. To be able to turn my potential and my passion into a fruitful calling. I was a Sunday school teacher once and didn't get along with the pastor. We're still good friends. I just wasn't a good Sunday school teacher because I told the kids what they needed to hear. And that didn't always set well with the parents. I've run companies, but sometimes CEOs and founders get upset when you tell them what they need to do to change, and when they don't change and the company goes upside down, they they get frustrated too. Not because the company went upside down, because then they look back and they didn't change. And then they look at you and say, you should have pushed me harder. You should have made me realize it doesn't work that way. So I finally decided the only way for me to create the profits that I need is to create my own company, and that's what we did. And now we travel the United States. We do radio shows like this. By the way, I, I have to tell you, thank you, because it's you, our listeners, who have now done something that, that I never dreamed would be possible. We have 10,000 downloads a month on iTunes. People listen to our radio show on average of 10,000 times a month. I just got picked up by a new network that's coming out On February 1st, the Home Business Radio Network, it's powered by Positive Powered Radio, and I'll be the news director of that network. It's because of you guys spreading the word and listening to this radio show. i got to thank you for that. See, that's part of my purpose, because we're able to take books like Orrin Woodward's, books like John Maxwell's, books like Chris Widener's, and we're able to put them out there for you guys to let you help. See, whatever a person is doing, he should do with all of his might, and eventually doors will open, revealing his purpose. Orrin wrote that in this book. I read that and I thought, man, isn't that the truth? If corporate America got one thing right, it was the fact of if we pay them just enough, they won't quit. And if they don't quit, they might become better at what they do. And then they might find their purpose. A little awkward, I know, but that, I just believe that that's something that's powerful. Orrin writes in here about, the, about Steve Jobs. He writes about what folks said about Steve Jobs. 
says, because Jobs' powerful vision, he created a culture around his passion that attracted some of the greatest co-creators. The team assembled, the team that assembled can then fully or can fulfill the company's purpose by living its principles and completing its visions. That was the Apple culture. The Apple culture is that the team they assembled could take and fulfill the company's purpose by living its principles and completing its vision. The new CEO of Apple Computer makes $360 million a year. He was one of those co-creators. When I look at what Orrin Woodward and Chris Brady have done at Team, and I've read through what seems like countless court documents, stuff written on the websites, stuff that I've, that I've talked and interviewed individuals, pros and foes alike. And I can tell you this, that every stage of the game in the development of what we now know as team and life, the leaders that were part of that inner circle from the from the 1980s, 1990s, the 2000s, as you look at this progression, this growth factor from one man and then two men and then women and then a team, you look at past CEOs and past leaders and, and past field leaders and, and current all across, all the way around, the team that was assembled fulfilled the company's purpose by living out its principles and completing its vision each step of the way. Here's something I found out. And, and yes, because I'm doing Orrin Woodward's book, I've, I've had to study his company. And here's what I've realized. Every step of the way, everybody was growing. Even the critics. Some of them are just dull, negative, disillusioned crybabies, by the way. But some of them have, have real critical thoughts. But even the critics, even the... The, the people that have left the company, the team, whatever, we it's kind of hard with these guys. Here's what I've learned. Personally, they have grown in their lives. They have been a success. Part of the purpose and the vision of team is to help people grow. Some people grew in a positive way. They found their purpose, and they realized their purpose wasn't indirect selling, and they've become the, the CEOs of other companies. They've become consultants. They, they've been out on their own in their own practices in some cases. It's amazing for me to see this. I get the 30,000-foot view. I get to look at this from the top down. Others, this is where the critical side comes in, others realize that their purpose wasn't in direct selling. Their purpose wasn't in team. Their purpose wasn't to be close to to the folks in there, they wanted to live a different kind of life. Not a bad life, just different. Now, part of their limiting belief still keeps them hooked a little bit into team, and they write things or they say things. They can't quite make the break yet, but that's between them and, and their maker. I don't know about that. I just know that when I look at it, even from, from a 30,000-foot view, I see growth. I see people saying, this isn't me. I don't want to be a part of it. That's a good thing. I see people who have said, 
this was awesome. It propelled me into where I'm going and what I'm going to do in the future. That's a good thing. This is what I'm I'm just blown away with as I read through this. And then I got to the end of the chapter where he talks about Coach John Wooden, and I just love him. He's one of these guys that just makes it. And one of the things that he says is you never cease trying to be the best that you can be. Never try to be better than somebody else. Focus on you. There's always people better than you. There's always people worse than you. The only person that matters is the man in the mirror. It took him close to 17 years to become the most winning coach in collegiate basketball. This is what he says, and this is what I want you to take away, because this this is a part of your life and my life that if we can just understand this one little thing I'm about to say, it could change our future. Success is the peace of mind that is a direct result of self-satisfaction in knowing you did your best to become the best that you're capable of becoming. Success is the peace of mind that is a direct result of self-satisfaction in knowing you did your best to become the best that you are capable of becoming. In other words, you found your life's purpose. you got to go get Coach Wood. Read anything on him. He's phenomenal. Tomorrow, resolved. I resolved to choose character over reputation anytime they conflict. It's going to be fun. Live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. And be back here tomorrow morning for RealMentorsRadio.com. Bye now. And... Mm-hmm.